Uh, tonight, uh, I have uh, a special uh, guest friend of our ministry, uh, Mr. Robbie Pruitt. And if I could just, uh, uh, if if I could set this up by, I used to go to this, in Alexandria, we used to have this kind of uh, clergy collaborative, and um, it was just kind of a smorgasbord of different denominations that you know, that would go into a location. And on one occasion, we go to a place and they've always had a, they always have a devotion and, and no, no disrespect, but sometimes those devotions can be super boring and put you to sleep. And then this one time they were like, I, I had already met Robbie, but I had never heard Robbie teach ever. And, um, and on this day, you know, Robbie is, is the one that's given the word and, Man, I was like, oh my gosh, man. I came back and told my wife and I told mm -hmm. Caleb, I said, man, this guy right here. I'm like, let him start a church and we could close down Landmark Church at the school. <laughs> this man is, is is something special. And so uh very quickly too, uh, just to set him up, uh, when I met Robbie, just all, like I it's very seldom that I meet somebody where right off the bat. Like you just feel something. And so with Robbie, you know, he had uh, had served in Haiti for years. Um, is very connected with all types of people, uh, people of color, and just has a, a big heart for all people. Uh, Robbie and I have shared the pain of loss of friends together. And, uh, and, and, uh, and Robbie's just been a, an incredible friend of mine and one that I can always count on to, to pray for me, but then to also give wisdom. And so um, we're, we're really blessed tonight. And uh, I'm so thankful that we get a chance to have an opportunity to bring people in like Robbie. And so thank you, Robbie, so much. Um, in fact, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you Robbie, but I, it's I Robbie. Father? <laughs> <laughs> no. You can call me Robbie. It's fine. All right. I started to call you Dr. Elwood a minute no, ago. Not yet, man, but you know, <laughs> not yet. You sure, <laughs> Doc? Yeah. <laughs> so without further ado, man, we're going to get to it. But uh, Robbie, thank you so much for sharing with us tonight. Robbie Pruitt. Oh, thank you, uh, Elwood. And thank you for uh, Pastor, Pastor Elwood. And thank you for your kind words. And, and the love is mutual. And that's what you've asked me to talk about tonight is love, the love of God, knowing the love of God, accepting the love of God, and walking in the love of God. Those are three big movements. And knowing, knowing accepting, and walking. And notice the action there. Uh, love is a, a powerful topic. And in this, we know love, not that we love, but that God first loved us. And that's what we hear John, the beloved disciple whom Jesus loved, wrote in his letter to 1 John. So let's pray and ask God to lavish us with his love, give us clarity of understanding and knowledge of his love, to open our hearts and our minds to his word, to see the synergy of scripture around love and the heart of God and the heart of God's love and the dance of the Trinity. Lord, we come to you tonight with expectancy. Help us to know love. Help us to accept your love. Help us to walk in your love and help us to love one another. You said all the law and the prophets 
hang on these two things, that we love the Lord our, our God with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength, and our mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. On these two things hang all the law and the prophet. So help us love well. Help us to know you, for you are love, and help us to love one another as we know love, accept love, and walk in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God can't contain himself. God can't help himself. God exists in a loving relationship before anything is made. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To first understand love is to understand God as Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In other words, God is in a love relationship with himself from the foundation of the, of the world, and he begins his creation with his love outpouring in creation. In other words, let us make man in our own image. Notice the pluralness of God, that God is creating out of his love to have someone else to love and to love him. In other words, if God is in a perfect love relationship with himself, he doesn't need us. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Why would God make us if he doesn't need us? Because he wants us. Now, those are two different things. Would you want someone to need you or want you? See, love is always an action. And to the Jewish people, love is what love does. So to the Jewish people, God is what God does. And we hear from John, the youngest of the 12 disciples, the closest to Jesus. Did he have favorites? Well, it seems to be Peter, James, and John. John is the youngest disciple who leans in on Jesus's breast at the Last Supper. And Jesus loves him and gives charge of his mother to John. Now, John, in his letter, says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that God first loved us. So God's love is always previous. God's love initiates. God's love comes first. God's love is always first. So how do we know the love of God? Well, just to encounter God is to know the love of God. Because if you know anything of love, it's because God gave you that knowledge. Now, John also says in his letter that God is love. Three words, God is love. Now, before we get carried away with that, that's not all God is. God is not only love, but God is love. Now, God is love, but love isn't God. See, love is incomplete without justice and mercy and God's omnipresence and God's omnipower, all powerfulness and all the things that God is simultaneously in all of his attributes all at once. Or as the kids say, he's all that in a bag of chips. He's everything and it includes love and he's love perfectly. So if we know love, we know something of God because God is love, but God is not only love. 
you can't have love without God's justice. You can't have love without God's mercy. You can't have love without God's being all powerful. You can't have love without perfect harmony of all the character and attributes of God. Uh, in the Bible, Paul says this, Paul says that perfect love cast out all fear for fear has to do with judgment. And we have a merciful, gracious God that also gives us his love. Now, there are many words for love in the Bible. We have one. We, we, we love, we love uh, the movies. We love barbecue. We love our wife. We love to go on walks on the beach. We, we love a good night's sleep. We love our friends. We have one word for love. But in the Greek understanding, there's several types of love. There's philo love, brotherly love. There's erotic love. And there's agape love. And we need more words to get to the heart of the depth of the love of God. But the love of God encompasses agape and philo. And we're going to get that to that in a minute with a case study with Peter. First, I want to look at Jesus's own words. I've already shared some of them with you. They said to Jesus, Rabbi, what is the law? He said, all the law and the prophets. And when he says that, he's invoking the entire Old Testament. The law and the prophets can be summed up into this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart your mind, your soul, and your strength. So in other words, this is how we're to love God, in our thinking, in our emotions, and in our strength or our bodies. And we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus says all the law and the prophets can be summed up in this way. So what does that look like? It looks like all in. It looks like we love with our doing, with the essence of who we are, our thinking, our spirits, our souls, and our strength. We're to love God with all we have and all who we are. Jesus said it this way in John 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and my commandments are not burdensome. He actually says this in John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, John 15, 12. Jesus also defines love, saying, greater love has no one than this, than he lay his life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you my friends for all that I have heard from my father. I've made known to you. This is John 15, 12 through 15. To quote Bob Goff, who wrote a book called Love Does. Love is a verb. Love is action. Love is what love does. God is what God 
does. So love is obedience and action. And we are to love God with all we are in our obedience. This is why Jesus tells a parable of two sons. He said, there was a man who had two sons. To one, he said, work in my vineyard. And he said, I will, sir. And to the other one, he said, work in my vineyard. And he said, I will not. In the end, the son who said, I will work in your vineyard, did not. And the son who said, I will not, did. And Jesus poses the question, which one of these sons did the will of the father? And the answer is the one who did what he said. Doesn't matter what you say, it matters what you do. So to the Greek, the Greek thinking, and we are Greek thinkers in America, we think like the Greco-Roman world. The Greeks would say, hey, does Robbie love his wife? And uh, I don't, they would say, ask him. And they would come ask me, do you love your wife? And I would say, yeah, I love her. And then they would go back and say, yeah, he loves his wife. How do you know? He said he did. To the Jewish people, they, would, they wouldn't ask the question, does Robbie love his wife? They'd have the thought, I wonder if he loves his wife. But then they would follow me around and see how I treated my wife for a couple of weeks. And then after that, they would make the determination, yes, he loves his wife or no, he doesn't, depending on how I was actually treating my wife. So love does. Love is always vulnerable. I want to read a quote from C.S. Lewis to you. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Four Loves. And in this book, he talks about the different types of love that I just mentioned, uh, particularly philos, brotherly love. This is where you get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Though if you go there, you would think it was the city of brotherly shove, but it, it's, it's the brotherly love, philos, Philadelphia. Then agape, a fatherly love, and then um, eros, an erotic kind of love. C.S. Lewis says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. So Lewis says, a philos love is vulnerable, soul to soul, heart to heart laying yourself relationally, emotionally vulnerable to another brother or sister. In erotic love, you're vulnerable in your nakedness, literal. And so he's saying that love is risky. If you want to make sure of keeping intact your heart, you must give it to no one. He says, not even an animal, wrap it up carefully, round with your hobbies and little luxuries, avoid entanglements, lock it up safe in, in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, and motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. In other words, your heart would be hardened and you wouldn't 
know what love is anymore if you didn't give it. Why? Because God is an outpouring of love, that God is always pouring himself out in love. Love is vulnerable. Love is to be vulnerable. This is why Jesus says in John 15, greater love has no one than this, than he lay his life down for his friends. And that's what Jesus modeled because Jesus stretched out his arms of love upon the hardwood of the cross to die for us. In other words, he became so vulnerable in loving us that he was literally killed to be an outpouring of his love to save us and to, to conquer death and hell once and for all on the cross through his resurrection and ascension back to the Trinity in heaven and to outpour his Holy Spirit to give us love. And, and that's what Paul was getting at when he said the fruit of the Spirit is first love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We, ha we have the fruit of the Spirit because of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension. And the first fruit is love. Why? Because God is love. God is love. God is an outpouring of love. God is the essence of love. All perfectly laying his life down. God didn't give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a, fear, a spirit of love, joy, and of sound mind. Paul tells us this in Timothy. He says that we don't have a fearful spirit. 1 John 3 one through three says this, see what great love the father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is it doesn't know him. Why? Because he is love. Dear friends, now we are children of God and it is not yet known what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we'll be like him for we shall see him as he is. First John 4.10, this is love, not that we love God, but that God first loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So how do we know the love of God? That's the first question, the cross of Jesus Christ. The reality is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So in other words, God gave. That's how we know God loved us. He loved us so much. He gave his son. In other words, love does. I mean, we, we've been talking about this. God is what God does. I mean, how bad does the world get? How sin-filled is it? How fallen is it? How broken is it? How divided is it? How war-torn is it? And you say to yourself, what kind of God allows this to happen? A better question is what kind of God dies on a cross to resurrect and ascend to make it go away forever, to make all things new once and for all. And we're in the Advent season and we're waiting. What Jesus says in Revelation 21, 5, when he says, behold, I make all things new. In other words, we're in the middle of a renovation project. A, a, an expression of love, a love restoration. 
a, an act of love that ends with the consummation of all things. And that consummation language is what you hear in, in, a, in a wedding imagery where the two become one flesh and it produces life. That's a, tr a Trinity thing where God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit produces life. This is what's happening in the consummation of all things. God makes all things new in his love, a recreation doing away with our sin and death, conquering it, defeating it to give us life and love, to allow us to experience him in love perfectly once and for all. So God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of love and power and sound mind. God has given us the agape love, the storge love, the philo love, and he's gifted us with the eros love, which actually in the, in the context of a marriage illustrates Christ's oneness with his church. He is the bride, bridegroom, and we are the bride. And he allows marriage as a living, breathing metaphor of the oneness that he desires and will have with all of his people once and for all. This is why Paul says in the love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. Because love, God is love. And God's love is perfected in his love and his outpouring of love on our behalf. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. 1 John 4, 16, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in love him. In other words, how do we walk in love? We abide in love. We we do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 6:14, let all you be do be done in love. Anyone who does not love does not know God because again, God is love. God is love, and God has expressed his love in us and to us and towards us and for us in the most wonderful way by stretching out his arms of love upon the wood of the cross. How do we know love? We know Jesus and what he's done for us. How do we accept love? We receive Jesus and what he's done for us. And how do we walk in the love of God? We love others as God has loved us. We love our neighbors as ourselves because we know how God loved us we'll even love ourselves. And the moment we get to loving ourselves, we can love others right. Uh, anytime you see somebody not loving someone else, it's because they don't love themselves. They have no love or self-respect, and they don't know God. It originates an unloving person with not knowing God because God is love. And then they don't love themselves. And then you see them kick their dog. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? It's in that order, which is why God says, love God first, because then you'll know love. Then you'll love yourself because you'll know that God loved you so much. He made you. You are an outpouring of love. Therefore, you will love God. You'll love yourself. And then you won't be able to help yourself but to love your neighbor. And even more so, love your enemies. That 
the Bible says, what if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even the pagans do that. Anybody can love somebody that loves them, but love your enemy. You'd have to know you were an enemy of God and your sin, and he died for you. And then you could love your enemy. That's the gospel. That's the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's going to change everything. That's knowing the love of God, accepting the love of God will enable us to walk in the love of God. And it's in that order. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So we have come to know and believe this love that God has for us, for God is love. And whenever we abide in God, God abides in us. When we abide in the love of God, God abides in us. I offer you these words in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God's word is blessed. May it bless you. And thank you so much for having me here. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this lavish love that you've poured out upon us through your spirit, through your death, burial, and resurrection, for giving us so much goodness and blessing in our lives. Come now, Lord, uh, bless our evening, bless our discussion, and bless our time of prayer. May it be an outpouring of your love for us and for our love for ourselves and for one another. In Jesus' name, amen.